0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It is Monday, October 17th. I'm your host, Eric Steven. Uh, apologies. <laughs> for my throat sounding a little off. I've spent the better part of the last four days coughing. Um, but the Dodgers season is shockingly over. Uh, we do not have an NLCS preview for you because the Dodgers are not in the NLCS. Uh, this is as brutal of a playoff loss I think as they've had in this ten-year run. Um, the in terms of just shock value, the maybe the 2019 series against the Nationals, and they were sort of for different reasons, I guess. But either way, stunning. Uh, the Dodgers lost to the Padres in four games. Uh, after winning the first game of the series, the Dodgers dropped the last three. Uh, all three were close games, I believe. Um, the, the entire Dodgers-Padres-NLDS was, uh, they were not separated by more than two runs until the Dodgers pulled ahead 3 nothing. I think in the sixth inning of, um, or no, I guess it was the seventh inning of game four. And then uh, that, that uh, three-run lead did not hold up, famously. We'll get to that. Um, so it was a close series all the way around, but the, Do- uh, the Dodgers lost the last three, so they're done. Um, dur- during the regular season, the Dodgers beat the Padres in all six of their series. They won 14 out of 19. Um, but the Dodgers in the playoffs did not play like they did during the regular season. Um, the great Sarah Langs of MLB.com, uh, noted that this was only the fourth time in MLB history that a team beat another uh, team in every regular season series that year, a minimum of four series here, then lost to them in the playoffs. Three of the four involved the Dodgers. Um, in 1983, uh, the Dodgers were 11-1 and against the Phillies, but lost in the NLCS. That's back when the NLCS was best of five. That was also a 3-1 series. Um, in 1988, the Dodgers were ten and one, or excuse me, the Mets were ten and one against the Dodgers. Uh, and the uh, they the only reason they didn't play twelve games because one of the games was a rainout and they just didn't make it up. Um, but then the Dodgers beat the uh, Mets in the NLCS in seven games. And then in nineteen ninety one, uh, the Blue Jays were eight and four against the Twins. Uh, very uh, is sort of fun. I was looking at their sort of game logs there, and they won every series two to one, and uh, so. But then the Twins beat them in the ALCS and then won their second uh, championship in five years uh, in the World Series. So, as always, though, when a a loss like this happens, um, the sort of knives come out. uh, But it's a group effort. There's a lot of blame to go around in a lot of places. Uh, I guess, first of all, before we get into sort of the reasons, uh, uh, Jack Harris at the um, LA Times reported that Dave Roberts uh, is going to be back for 2023. Uh, Fabian Ardaya also confirmed that report. Uh, honestly, I wasn't even considering that it was a possibility that Roberts was on the hot seat. I I suppose it has to be sort of asked, just given the shocking nature of the, the early exit, but I, I, I didn't think that was a possibility that Roberts would go. He signed an extension um, this last spring that takes him through um, 2025. It was a three-year extension, so, yeah, like, I don't, they're not the type to sort of overreact like this. I guess that would be more of an ownership call, I guess, if, if in that case, if, if that, something like that happened, I think. But, yeah, it's not going to happen, so just, just noting that before we get into the, the sort of uh, how and why the Dodgers lost, um, for anyone who's looking to run Roberts out of town, um, the uh, the offense, for one, did not show up in the series. They scored only uh, 12 runs in four games. Five of those came in the first three innings of game one. Um, and then um, seven runs in the last 32 innings of the series. That's just not uh, good enough to win. Um, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max muncie they all had good series. Turner uh, homered twice uh, and doubled and was generally a pest all the way around. He also had a very bad series defensively, just kind of all over it, over the place. Couple uh, miscues and error, um, just a um, couple bizarre plays. Um, but overall, offensively, was really good. The rest of the regulars, though, on offense were bad. Like Will Smith doubled in his first two plate appearances. Then he went one for fourteen. Mookie Betts was two for fourteen in the series. Justin Turner was two for thirteen. So we talked about over the last few months, the Dodgers were rotating four players in between uh, left field and center field. Um, Chris Taylor also got some time at second base, especially when Gavin Lux was out. But how it worked out in the NLDS, Trace Thompson started all four games. It was weird. Like the one, the one time they sort of um, fully committed to him um, was this series, and and honestly, so he was he was the best hitter like uh, of that quartet. Easily all year, even with the high strikeout rate. Um, Thompson started uh, four four games, two in left, two in center. Bellinger started twice in center, and Taylor twice in left. Those three—Thompson, uh, Bellinger, and Taylor—combined to go three for twenty-seven uh, with fifteen strikeouts and three walks. All three of the walks were by Trace Thompson, uh, Joey Gallo, who played pretty much against. He started against pretty much every right-hander uh, the last two months, for the most part. Didn't play at all in the series. Neither did Miguel Vargas, uh, not even as a pinch hitter. Um, Cody Bellinger not starting in Game 3 against the left-hander Blake Snell was expected. But him not starting in Game 4 against Joe Musgrove, a right-hander, was more symbolic than anything. Seems to me that um, Bellinger is a very likely non-tender candidate. Um, This offseason, I have a roster... Overview up on the site uh, this morning that you can look at shows all the um, uh, al- salary arbitration eligible players, the free agents, everyone on the Dodgers' 40-man roster heading into the off-season, and uh, Bellinger um, MLB trade rumors through their sort of arbitration projections uh, has one more year of arbitration, and they're projecting him to earn about 18 million. Just the nature of the beast, he he's a former MVP winner with some good bulk numbers, but has been very bad for two straight years now. In that system, he's he's gonna, it's just not set up to have like massive pay cuts. And so I think it's a situation where there's no way the Dodgers are gonna bring him back at that price. So either they work out some deal with him and resign him at a reduced rate. But I think uh, more than likely he's just gonna be gone and, and be a free agent. But we'll see. That's what the offseason's for. Um, so yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. But uh, on the offense, again, during the series, The Dodgers were 5 for 34 with runners in scoring position. Uh, That's 147. Their OPS was just under 500 in those situations, just really bad. Uh, The Padres had four hits with runners in scoring position in the seventh inning of Game 4 alone. That was the inning when they scored five runs and put the final nail in the Dodgers' coffin. So the Dodgers are going home, uh, losing the series three games to one. Uh, We talked about the offense here. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, on the pitching side, and there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, We'll do that after the break.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 18 plus.
1: I think on the pitching side for the Dodgers in the NLDS there was a lot to be desired there as well. Um, To start off I I know there's a lot to talk about 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 the last games but I think they could have gotten better starts at Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw to be honest both went uh, allowed three runs in five innings in their starts in games one and two Uh, different fashions. Uh, Urias uh, cruised until a three-run fifth inning sort of taxed him and and forced uh, his removal. He was, he expended a lot of energy in that fifth inning uh, just to get through it. Uh, Kershaw struggled early in his game, three runs in the first three innings. Then he retired his last nine, but again, already spent early. Not to say those starts were bad. Like, it's certainly a winnable game. They won the Urias game, for instance, but um, you know, you you should get better starts than that from those two guys, I think. Um, So, leaving four innings to the bullpen uh, was a cost. And I think one that sort of gradually showed itself uh, over the course of the series. But again, like offense and pitching kind of feed off each other. So if you're going to like four plus relievers, every single game, one of them is bound to have a bad night. It's not reasonable to expect zeros every single night from the bullpen, even though that's what the Padres basically got um, from their bullpen. They, they allowed one run in 16 innings. So that's why they're moving on and not the Dodgers. So, um, But the, if the offense isn't scoring enough and each game is tight, every little bullpen misstep gets magnified. So like in game two, uh, Kershaw left tied. Uh, when uh, Bruiser Gratterall gave up an unrun run in the sixth. And then a rusty Blake Trinan, who only pitched five games all year and was pitching his first game in like uh, five weeks, over five weeks, allowed a home run, home run in the eighth to sort of provide the The final winning margin. They lost 5-3 in that game. But I think most of the pitching hubbub uh, revolves around uh, the decision to go with Tony Gonsolin in Game 3 instead of Tyler Anderson. Now, Gonsolin missed six weeks with a left forearm strain. He last pitched on August 23rd before he came back and had one final regular season tune-up. On October 3rd, he pitched two innings there and then another inning in the bullpen, very spring training style. Uh, building up. He also threw four innings in a simulated game uh, over the weekend at Dodger Stadium when the Dodgers were off. Um, And then at most, Gonsolin was going to go 75 pitches. Five innings was like best case scenario. And the thought process to use Gonsolin before Tyler Anderson um, is that game three was the first day after the travel day, and you have a full bullpen at your disposal to back him up. So it makes intuitive intuitive sense, but it also comes, like we mentioned, with a cost. So I think where the mistake was, was underestimating the potential of a bad start from Gonsolin in his second game in seven weeks. So there's a much higher likelihood of Gonsolin delivering a clunker and forcing yourself into an elimination game in game four just to get to game five. um, Rather than go with uh, Anderson, who's been the most consistent performer all year, and try to take the series lead. So Gonsolin was very bad. He needed 31 pitches to get out of the first. He recorded only four outs. He was lucky to only allow one run. Uh, Andrew Heaney escaped his jam in the second. He pitched admirably in bulk relief, uh, escaping Gonsolin's and his own jams. He allowed one run in three innings, but that got the Dodgers into the fifth inning at least, and they had to fill the rest of the way with the bullpen. So you can look at, in one way, you can look at Game 3 and say, well, hey, the Dodgers only allowed two runs. This gambit clearly worked, which is understandable. They lost 2-1 because the offense wasn't hitting. Again, um, so I think, but the cost really comes from, from Game 3, came in Game 4. So Anderson delivered the, good, the the best pitching performance of the series, going five scoreless innings. Now you can argue, in a 2 nothing game, the Dodgers were ahead, anderson's at 86 pitches he could have started the sixth inning at least to face juan soto for the lefty lefty matchup but i don't think he would have been left into like face machado so i sort of get why they 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 pulled him at, at right after five innings there I, I get it however uh so they got through the six with with um chris martin there's also the case that maybe chris martin could have gone a second inning but in the fateful five run seventh inning um you had Tommy Canely, Yency Almonte, and Alex Vestia. They all allowed run-scoring hits. All were pitching on their second day in a row. Uh, Canely was pitching on, on back-to-back days for just the second time in the majors all year. He Remember, he missed the bulk of the year with um, elbow issues, and he was also coming off Tommy John's surgery. Yency Almonte struck out his first five batter's faced in the series before Game 4, was in just his seventh game and his first back-to-back outing since missing two months with elbow tightness, so... You know that's that's where you're sort of at there. I think the margins for the pitching staff were also very thin because the Dodgers left runners in scoring position in the first, third, sixth, and seventh innings of Game Four. Like they, they could have been up much more than three nothing that they were in the seventh of that weekend. So like, yeah, it, it's just a rough weekend all the way around, no doubt about it. Uh, 111 wins during the regular season. They laid an absolute egg in the postseason. I just there's there's no other way to put it, right? So, so one of the things I was sort of seeing around the reaction to this, um, I'm not buying, at least not yet, that the new format and the long layoff was the reason for the Dodgers' struggles. I mean, they got five days off for uh, their first playoff game, so you could argue there's some rust there. Both the Dodgers and the 101-win Braves both lost the NLDS in four games. That leaves the NLCS as, as the 89-win Padres against the 87-win Phillies. Um, the 99-win Yankees uh, are going to a fifth game later today against the Guardians in the ALDS. The Astros were the only home team to do well in their division series, and even they needed two comeback wins at home to beat the Mariners and then 17 innings in game three. So that was a close series. But so I think the the thing that I don't, why I don't buy the, the, the rust and the layoff was that the best the Dodgers looked was at the start of game one. So... They weren't, definitely weren't rusty out of the gate. They scored five runs in the first three innings. Uh, Urias was cruising through his four, and then things went south, and they just never sort of uh, got out of it, really. Um, I think the Dodgers, you know, it's more – they had every advantage in the series. They had home field. The pitching was set up how they wanted. Had it gone to a game five, arrested Urias would have been against uh, – lessened U Darvish on short rest instead – Darvish is, Darvish is going to start game one of the NLCS. So um, they just didn't play well enough. That's really what it comes down to. I know this might not be a satisfying explanation, but that's what it is. They have to live with that all off season, which now is uh, much longer than expected. So that's it for today's leading off. We'll have another episode of the lineup with me and Jacob Birch later this week. Outside of that, we're going to take a little break here on the podcast. Now that the season's over, but thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you uh, later this week.